everyone. Welcome to the Buyer-Centric Revenue Model Podcast. This is going to be a mishmash of audio content, LinkedIn content, guest podcasts, interviews, debates, and live Q&A. We'll primarily discuss six topics that reflect the buyer-centric revenue model. One, sales development versus marketing. Two, the sales assembly line or the AE-CSM split in other subdivisions versus full sales or full sales cycle sales, aka AE-CSM combined, no handoffs, no prospecting. Three, quota versus holistic goals and metrics. Four, commission versus full salary plus bonus. Five, sales versus the option of self-service to the extent desired and possible. Six, the predictable revenue model versus the buyer-centric revenue model. If you haven't already, I highly demand that you sign up for the buyer-centric revenue model community to continue the discussion and help implement the model. Join the movement of forward-thinking peers liberating and modernizing B2B marketing and sales. Achieve a better growth playbook, a competitive advantage, and more productive and fulfilling careers. Enjoy insights, data, best practices, resources, and jobs. Plus, the live Q&A on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Head over to buyercentricrevenue.com to sign up. If you want to learn more about the model and these topics, check out my book, The Death of the SDR and the Birth of the Buyer-Centric Revenue Model. It's available on Amazon in ebook, paperback, and audiobook. And now to this episode. Hey everyone. So in this video, we're going to talk about the truth about the lead generation versus demand generation debate. Because it's a false euphemism to describe the conflict between sales development and marketing. So lead generation refers to the process of marketing being forced to constantly generate a high volume of contact information of uninterested buyers, which is what a marketing qualified lead is or an MQL. And that's what the MQL hamster wheel refers to. And it's not a lead. It's just contact information of uninterested buyers. It's packaged up as a lead to make it easier to swallow. And partly because back in the day, HubSpot in the CRM, the way that they structure capturing contact information, they're considered a lead. But no, it's just contact information. Marketing has to do this in order that sales development can burn through all that contact information by spamming buyers with telemarketing, email spam, LinkedIn spam, physical mail spam, bribery via gift cards, which turns some buyers off and pushes some buyers prematurely to sales, non-sales ready leads, junk leads. Demand generation refers to marketing doing proper non-spam marketing to generate website demo requests. Buyers who come to the website and request to speak to sales, which is what a real lead is. Marketers rightly lament 
lead generation and use it in a derogatory sense because what kind of marketer wants to be a handmaid into a spam team? What kind of marketer wants to generate contact information of uninterested buyers so another team can go spam them? Marketers want to do real, proper marketing and generate real leads, build a proper reputation, word of mouth. But this language of lead generation versus demand generation is vague, confusing, and unconvincing. Like what kind of CEO wants to hear that marketing doesn't want to generate leads? Which is why marketing hasn't made much progress in liberating themselves from sales development. You know, they'll bicker and moan about the effects of sales development. They'll bicker and moan against MQLs, gated content, which that's how you, that's how marketers would get contact information of uninterested buyers is either through gated content, PDFs, guides, sometimes ads. Where if the buyer wants something, marketing has to capture the contact information. Like if a buyer wants to come to an event, they want to come to a webinar, they got to give this contact information so that sales development can spam them. Nowadays, there's contact data providers who can provide highly accurate contact information in bulk on the cheap. But marketing still has to do all this gated content and generate all this contact information because it is presumed that these buyers that engage with marketing's efforts are, they're assumed to eventually request to speak to sales and marketing then has to prioritize that contact information for sales development based on that assumption of how likely they are to request to speak to sales, which is where lead scoring and lead intent comes in. So marketing will assign these buyers some sort of cumulative score based on their engagement with marketing's efforts and who this buyer is, what company the title. And that way SDRs know who to proactively spam. It's assumed that these buyers are warmed up by marketing so that they will less likely be annoyed and less likely turned off by sales development and more likely to take a demo. So marketing still has to do this stuff, still has to generate contact information, even though contact data providers exist for that reason. Marketers have a positioning and messaging problem here. We need to reframe the debate. We need to use better language for it to be more convincing and bring clarity and shine light on the problem and on the solution. It's not lead generation versus demand generation. It's sales development versus marketing. It's spam versus proper non-spam modern marketing. Bad marketing versus good marketing. Which is why in the book, I, I spent the first part of it defining my key terms because there's so many euphemisms. There's so many code words in B2B to cloud understanding, to be deliberately vague 
and confusing. I recommend that marketers change their language, define a real lead as a website demo request. And in the book where I outline how you can sunset sales development and repurpose sales development to marketing over time, you compare sales development to marketing, the leads from sales development versus the marketing's website demo requests and against real marketing metrics. And then you propose a business case for two experiments and you repurpose excess SDR capacity into marketing. During this experimental approach, you have to be very clear in your language to convince ownership and to convince internal departments. You still need to make it very clear that marketing should be generating website demo requests, that that's a real lead and that marketing is not about generating contact information for sales development. Prove the superiority of website demo requests and marketing doing anything else takes away from that and is counteracted by that. There's a big opportunity cost. And, you know, in the book, I, and we talked about in a prior video, Alice DeCourcy or the CMO at Cognizant did this. She analyzed the leads from sales development, going all the way back from marketing, having to support sales development with MQLs versus marketing's website demo requests. And she saw that sales development leads going all the way back to MQLs converted at 0.1%, whereas marketing's website demo requests converted at 4%. So why are you putting all those resources into 0.1%? Why don't you reinvest all those resources into 4%? So that's what happened. That's what they did. And they saw amazing results. That's how you get there. That's how you liberate yourself from sales development. That's how you really liberate yourself from lead generation. Clear language, and you have to have a plan. You have to make a business case to sunset sales development and liberate marketing. That's the only way you'll make real progress. Well, I'll leave it there. I hope you guys enjoyed this one, and I'll catch you in the next one. Buyer-centric revenue model. Over and out.